<laughs> I know better, man. Fuck that. But no, like, oh, it just makes me feel for people that that have really paranoid, delusional thoughts. Because like, when I get triggered, right? Like, I see what I see, and I see nothing else. And I can even know that I'm triggered, and I can know that what I'm thinking isn't necessarily facts, but I can't make myself not think it anymore. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't get back to a neutral state. I I'm just stuck. And I'm like, anything you say to try to make me feel like what I'm seeing or thinking isn't real. It just intensifies it. I'm just like, Oh hell no. You trying to get me, dude, I might be schizophrenic, man. <laughs> it only happens with women, but it might be a thing. Paranoid motherfucker. Ugh. I lived in a very paranoid state, man. For years, because I was, uh, because <clears throat> I was so dishonest, you know? And uh, I've heard, you know, people talk about denial and shit and how at some point, uh, if I'm in denial, at some point I lose uh or maybe i never even have the ability to identify that my own shit is bullshit like full of shit i'm lying to myself that's i guess the textbook term of denial but man like for a long time i i operated in a state of paranoia because i was well aware of what i was doing you know there was no i mean i denied it to the outside world but when it was just me and myself in myself in a room, um, I was so fucking scared all the time. And I was scared of the, the consequences of my actions. Um, that sense of impending doom is what uh, kept me sick, you know, because I didn't want to face what was next. Um, I figured if I just put it off another day, if I still had the means and ways to get more and put it off one more day, that sounded like a better idea to me at that point of fear and paranoia and future tripping into what's going to happen or who's coming to get me or how am I going to, how am I going to tell this, tell this person that I care about that I've been full of shit for five years, even though, you know, those are those things that the disease used used to keep me sat right there in that state of isolation. Um, and I almost died from it. So I can certainly relate to paranoid thoughts taking over and being stuck. Right. When when that parent, when that fear hits, man, if I don't have faith in something bigger than myself. I can't get out of it, you know? I don't have any uh, capacity to detach from that initial flood of fear because what else do I know? Not shit, you know? There, there's only there's only that fear. Um, so yeah, I feel like it kind of it comes out where it's like this fear is going to last forever. Like this fear is certain. It's 100 percent it's gonna last forever, right? And um I know I know that's the disease thinking. I know that that's 
you know, just, just extreme thinking. That's me being paranoid that this is going to last forever and I need to do something about it. Right. But that's not accurate information. But I also feel there is something there, you know what I mean? Cause we'll, what we'll try to do, what I try to do is jump to the other side of the extreme where it's like, okay, it's not there. And this is all false, but then I can't really buy that answer either because it's not true either. Like there's something there. It's just being amplified. So like, I don't know. I know it helps to like, like back in addiction is like, all right, I feel this paranoia. I feel like these people are out to get me. I feel like I have evidence to prove it and and it's valid, but it's being amplified and added to everybody and everything. Right. Or just certain people. But then I try to tell myself, no, I'm just being paranoid. It's all good. Let your guards down. Be cool. You're tripping. But then another piece of evidence comes down the pipe and I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go again. And then I'm back to Amplified, you know? So, like, I know it was a big step for me to be, like, honest with not only, like, what's going on with others, but what's going on with myself. Like, hey, there is something here to be concerned about. You're not addressing it. You're you're repressing it, and then you're seeing it, and then you're getting amplified by it because you know it's a problem you need to look at but it's too hard to look at without feeling like I got to do something right now and make it go away forever right or uh, you know what I'm trying to say like does that make sense I don't know Eric what you did I thought Eric was going to say something yeah it makes sense yeah yeah for sure um i i was actually thinking like for me paranoia um yeah it's it's kind of like what you're saying steven i'll i'll get paranoid about something and it's like i could have all these crazy thoughts and convince myself that i'm being paranoid and all it takes is one little sliver that goes in my favor towards the paranoia and then i'm right back in like thinking like oh my god i'm right i'm not being paranoid and i don't know paranoia is a mind fuck like my paranoia now compared to when i was using is a lot different like now it's more for me it's trauma based like trust issues and abandonment type stuff but i don't know i when west was talking to i remember i remember being up for way too many days and thinking like the tv was watching me and my phone like (laughs) i put i put a painter's tape over my camera on my phone because i thought it was i thought i was being recorded all the time (laughs) so so there's that paranoia and then there's like where the paranoia that i have today where it's like it's more just kind of like irrational thinking with like trust and and stuff like that that's that's definitely changing shapes once we've gotten once we've gotten into the solution right paranoia is 
<clears throat> fangs for me the the fangs of the paranoia are are dulled significantly because i have a plan right you know i'll make a choice today to work with other people to identify to help me identify where the disease shows up in my life and the disease shows up through paranoia and i can either sit in that shit and internalize it and try to figure my own fucking way out of it or i can express it to somebody else that cares about me that i care about that lives a new way of life and i'm backside of it you know because one of the things that helps me on a daily basis when i feel like the disease has one a, a minute or a set of minutes or an hour is that liberating, liberating fucking thought that this too shall pass, you know? Because my disease loves to get me thinking about things that are in def that are definite, you know? What the fuck is definite today? Nothing. <laughs> it's absolutely nothing definite. Nothing. You know, I I live to I live today today and what does that mean that means that i don't know jack shit about tomorrow yet you know i know what's done today i know that i've that i've had an, another day clean i know that i have engaged in the solution to the disease of addiction today and i know that as a result of that i feel comfortable in my skin right here right now you know and what's going to happen tomorrow will happen on tomorrow you know and i got some experience today that, that the, what i'm doing today works and it continues to work every day that i implement it and a lot of that has to do with staying open-minded and vul vulnerable when it comes to my you know when it comes to uh sharing my day-to-day -day with another human being and uh and when when my brain when my when i don't feel good i fucking talk about it you know like because i'm here to feel comfortable in my own skin and so when i don't i try to get through that you know and what that means is talking to other people specifically my sponsor um and my friends in recovery about things that aren't going well you know yeah, I That's feel the you there, solution. man. It's it's hard. I, I find it hard, kind of like what Eric was saying, like when dealing with trust and relationships, because that's where most of it comes from. You know, I could give a fuck about global paranoia or, you know, I, I don't know, just some of the some of the other things to do with trust. But when it comes to someone who's too close to me, which yeah is, is really the only points where I allow vulnerability, you know, where, where I let someone in close enough and, um, those things happen. And yeah, totally what you're saying, Wes, like talking about it, getting it out, talking with other people about it, because as much as I love to talk with who's in the source, I, it's very hard to, to hear what they say because they have a motive, 
you know, whether their motive is to make peace, whether their motive is to hear me out or whether their motive is to make peace for themselves, there's a motive. So especially when I'm feeling paranoia, it's like, okay, if I, if I feel like anything at all that you say could be for you and not me, you, it, it just reactivated, you know what I mean? It, so like Eric knows, I've been talking to him a lot lately and he's had similar issues and he can, he can speak to me about his side and his perspective, which is the same as the other person's perspective, but he's not in the middle of it. He's not trying to get his like needs met. He's not trying to feel okay. And he's not feeling offended by the things I'm saying. I feel from the other side. So he's able to break it down like objectively, you know, but when I talk to the person about it there, they are invested. They are getting defensive. They are taking it personal because it is something to get, take personal and get defensive about. And there's investment there. So like, same with me, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to, I don't, I don't even know how to word it because really staying in the solution, being open-minded, being vulnerable, talking about it. I'm not the type of dude that don't talk about feelings. You know what I mean? Like you can tell from podcasts and sharing and meetings and just whatever, like, I'm not like the dude, I'm all good. You know what I mean? Like nothing's wrong and just fucking bottle it all up. But like, yeah, I mean, there's just no, there's no set formula to not go through the process. You got to talk about it. You got to feel it. You got to take it one day at a time. And you got to know that not everything is going to be just so all the time. And as long as I guess there's a process happening, it's all good. Um, it's those thoughts of paranoia that sit with me that I don't talk about or the conclusions I come to in my paranoid brain that really fuck shit up because I'm never, I'm here right now, ever. You know what I mean? Unless I'm walking down like a dark alley or something. So like all these thoughts with trust and, you know, what might continue to happen or happen again or whatever. It, for me, it's always, I got to deal with this forever. I'm, I'm seeing a pattern. I'm seeing something bad and I need to make a decision. So this doesn't continue to happen. Otherwise I'm feeling like I'm gonna lose a part of myself or, you know what I mean? It's just not going to vibe with me. Nothing to do with here, nothing to do with now, nothing to do with the solution. So like, uh, it's, it's one of those things, man, that it, it's just so crazy knowing this stuff, knowing it, having experienced it before, even with the same person going through it, yet still getting to that place and not being able to see anything else, like at all, just like nothing but everything that you see is just amplified. It's, um, yeah. What I'm hearing is we're still, we're still sick, right? <laughs> Very. <laughs> yeah. They say it's a thinking disease, not a drinking disease. <laughs>
Yeah, no, no question in my mind that uh, as soon as <clears throat> as soon as I think that I've got it figured out, it comes at me in another way and a new way. It's cunning, baffling, insidious is what they tell us, mm-hmm. which is real. You know, I, I have experience with. I have experience with identifying a place from a disease is winning and addressing that through the steps. And then also, and, and as soon as I'm focusing in on one place, you know, a predator pops up with his cloak in another place. Right. And when, when that occurs, I have to recalibrate. I have to remember what works, what works for me. And then I take what works for me, my fucking big old toolbox, and I carry it right over to where that fucker popped up again. And I do the same shit, and it works. So, you know, being being okay with the fact that I'm an addict, that my disease isn't going anywhere, keeps me in a place where when the disease shows up, I can accept that this is another this is another experience where I am able to collect another fucking dollar. And when <laughs> I get a dollar, I'm gonna keep it, you know, and I'm gonna use it to my advantage later. Because that's what this is all about, man. For me, it is being present and willing to live and go through life on life's terms and continue to be present so that God of my understanding can give me opportunities to show myself that this shit works over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's not about where's it convenient. It's about what's next because that predator is not going to pop up in the woods where he's been before. You know, or if he does, he's going, he's going to make it real hard for me to see it for a while, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm, and, and it's like, how free do you want to be? Right. <laughs> Am I how bad do you want it? Yeah. It's how free, how, what level, where do, do I want to come in here and at myself? Hell no. You know, like. I got a taste of this shit now and it tastes good, right? And so with that, like experience, my willingness to apply the solution continues to get even more, more and more and more and more important to me. That willingness, man, like how free do you want to be, you know? When the disease shows up, are you willing to let it fucking grow some things? As soon as you see it, because I can see it and make a choice to to continue to allow that motherfucker to grow things. Yeah. That's when things get down. That's when I'm starting to make those kind of choices that allow my disease to win and continue to win somewhere. Right. Yeah, maybe I'll let him fucking let. Maybe I'll let it let it roll right here for a little while because I just want something else more than I want to apply the solution in this area, right? That can be a thousand different things, 
what's important to me today, right? And man, like the sooner that I make that decision to turn it over, maybe I don't know exactly what's supposed to happen every day <laughs> in the future. Maybe there is a higher plan. Maybe that ain't mine. You know, the quicker I get back to okay, the quicker I'm able to balance back out until the next fucking wave rocks the ship, you know, and then do the same thing. It works. It works. And, um, God, like it's a, for somebody like me to have that kind of fucking ex- awareness and experience at this point through seeing it work in my life is amazing. Um, it's like you motherfuckers told me some shit that you know, <laughs> been telling me this long time and I never believed it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy that it works. It makes no sense sometimes, you know? Things yeah, it's important. It's cool that you say that because, man, yeah, like I'm just sitting here thinking of it and thinking like how how these uh, little mind traps can get me, you know, suck me in, you know, make me blind to anything else. But, yeah, I mean, just you saying that reminds me that there is a difference because they don't keep me there for long. You know what I mean? Like back then I had a paranoid thought like this. I'm running with it. Like you could, I could see mountains of evidence supporting against it and still hold on to that one little nugget, you know, that one little thing that'll, that I can hold as a resentment or as a point of view. And I'll be so identified with it and so stuck in it that like, I will, I will navigate through life, you know, kind of like one of them. Oh, my high school girlfriend cheated on me. So I'm never going to trust another woman. You know what I mean? Like those type of feelings, like I'd run with, you know, everybody's going to do this. So you better watch it, you know? And, and now it's like, okay, I still feel the amplified feelings in the moment. You know what I mean? I feel like, like I said earlier, there's a little, there, there's some valid points there that probably deserve like a look at when I'm not triggered, you know, and I, and I do believe that I do believe I don't feel, I don't feel these ways for no reason. You know what I mean? I don't have paranoid trigger thoughts in situations that deserve none of them. You know what I mean? Unless it's truly just this deep down trigger in myself. Um, there's usually something there. Um, it may not be what I feel like it is, but it's something. And if I communicate and I'm with the important part, if I'm with someone who's willing to communicate, you know, and see things also, um, chances are I got a, I got a good shot of getting out of it clean, you know, and, and getting to a resolution, getting to a solution. But like, yeah, you saying that though reminds me like these moments don't they don't last forever anymore. They don't become a new way of life for me, you know, like a new a new mark in the code, you know, like they they hit hard. It's like it hits me and dazes me and stuns me. It's hard to see for a minute. But then I come to and then I have a choice. Do I walk back into the thought? 
do I go back to the paranoia? Do I go back to the mistrust? Do I go back to the old beliefs or, or whatever? Or do I try to see it and reframe it? And sometimes I'll get sucked back in. Sometimes I go looking at it, negative. And I'm like, oh, shit, here we go again. You know, like kind of like today, I, I fucking got all caught up in it, got to a really good place, got open-minded, got my defenses down. And then one thing just whoop, hooked me and I was like right back. And that's not to say there's no reason I got back there, but definitely that reason isn't enough to call for the way it hits me, you know? And I like that you also said that the disease shows up in many forms and not the same form because my forms of identifying it early on aren't necessarily the forms it shows up in anymore. Maybe those muscles got worked really good, or maybe, you know, I put enough security cameras up <laughs> to where I could see it coming from a mile away. When I get road rage, when I get negative, when I get gossipy, when I get, you know, really like, woe is me. Like those are all key factors, but never really thought of the paranoia. And honestly, I've thought more about using lately than I have in a long time. Like I haven't had like, super strong urges i haven't had like plans but i've had way more thoughts in the last mm -hmm. few weeks month than i have in a really long time those marijuana those marijuana billboards are everywhere and i'd be looking at them a little more when i drive by them i know they're there and then just stupid shit like you know daydreaming like oh man i might need an extra job just pick up a day a week i wonder if i could work in a dispensary other people work in bars and they're in recovery. They don't make it very long. I fail to think of that part. I mean, I do, but that's not the first thought I think of. Yeah. The disease is talking, man. That shit pops up everywhere. Like, that thing ain't going to stop. It's not. Like, that's the thing, too. People think, I'm going to get to a place where it doesn't stop. No. Mm. Like... You, you can get to a place where it's manageable and identifiable, but like you're always, that bitch is always going to sneak up on you. Always. It's like, are you aware of it or not? Are you willing to look at it? Are you open-minded enough to admit to yourself that it's going to show up? You know what I mean? Like it's going to show up. So if you think it's never going to show up and you got this and just because it doesn't show up in the ways you think it's going to show up by actually picking up a drink or actually taking a hit. That doesn't mean it's not going to show up in your relationship or your ego or whatever. You know what I mean? Your anger, your gambling, like whatever, like it's going to show up somewhere. And if you don't, if you're not aware of it, it's going to take control and it's going to run the show. They don't care if we're doing drugs or not. That disease doesn't care if I'm high all day or if I'm drunk all day or if I'm raging all day or if I'm binge watching TV all day. It just wants me fucked. You know what I mean? It just wants me to roll over and lay there like a good little bitch. Like, and I don't mean bitch as in women, PC people. But um, yeah, it just it just wants me to fucking die. It just wants me to like be a puppet. Doesn't care how I do it. So if I'm if I'm out of if I'm not calling any shots and I'm running on autopilot, or if I'm being run by fear and emotion and anger, 
and resentment, it's winning, you know? And it'll be a matter of time before someone like me turns back to drugs to try to numb myself from that. And then it's just winning again, you know? Hell yeah. <laughs> How free do you want to be? <laughs> How free do you want to be? Eric, do you got something on this or, or uh, five topics back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I For some reason, I was thinking when you're talking, actually, I have a friend who um, we grew up our whole lives together. Uh, we got on drugs around the same time. He got clean, <clears throat> but uh, I'll have to talk to him and and see for sure, but from what i know he got clean and he didn't he didn't go to rehab he didn't uh do 12 steps or anything he i know he got on methadone and he tapered off of it and yeah from what it looks like like i i try to keep try to stay in touch with him as much as possible but um once he got clean he got he was married be like before he got clean and was having problems then he got clean and he's had a kid recently but from what it looks like like he's i mean he graduated college and he's doing like um forgot what he's doing something with uh medical stuff like monitoring uh pediatric brain surgeon equipment or something hmm. but um it, the thing when you were talking i was just thinking like how the that voice in our head never turns off and i always wonder with people like like my friend where it's like they don't they don't have a 12-step program and as far as i know he hasn't really done like he hasn't read eckhart tolle books or anything like there's no like self-awareness or mindfulness practices that he has and he seems to be doing great and uh, yeah maybe i'll have to talk to him and see like how he structures his life now without drugs because um i can imagine he still deals with the same voices that like that same just i i think it's like a bully that's just like trying to fuck our shit up and yeah it's like people like that like how do they deal with it you know because we have all these tools in 12 step and and just recovery programs in general. And even with the tools, some days it's super hard. And then, you know, there's always, you always hear like that 1% that, that doesn't have to go to meetings and doesn't have to do this. And it's like, well, how do they, like, what are they doing that's keeping them in check, you know? Man, I just love these curveballs you come with that really get my brain spinning on some whole new shit. I love it. So I feel like, all right, so if we're going to, if we're going to break it all the way down, right, what is, what is 12 step program? What is Eckhart Tolle? Spiritual principles, right? They, they can't be confined to religion, 12 step programs, or self-help books. They can't, you know what I mean? That's a great source for them. And that's where you're going to get a bulk of them. So like coming into NA, 
I'm thinking I just need to go to meetings, go to meetings, don't get high, go to meetings, don't get high. But sprinkled in there are all these nuggets of spiritual principles that since I liked going to the meetings or got to a point where I liked them, liked the people that were there, got to a point where I decided I had more than a drug problem, I had a me problem, then I was open-minded to hear these spiritual principles, right? And then a little bit of honesty in there, a little bit of time, place, circumstance, whatever, like the stars aligned, I'm there, the miracle happens. <clears throat> I, I, I have to believe that that can happen in other ways, that that can happen in just starting out with getting honest, open-minded and willing, right? In On your own terms, like it's possible. It's not impossible for someone to, to get those three things without a program, um, maybe, maybe people have like a really good circle of friends. Maybe someone has like a really enlightened uncle that they, you know, hear these little tidbits from, and then they talk to them and, you know, the shift happened. I, I, I don't know, but I feel like there's a lot of options with your friends specifically. I mean, cause some people, they do abstain from drugs and alcohol and then they go on to become workaholics. So they go on to, to live an okay life, but maybe they're not fully content maybe they're not really happy but on the outside they're doing all right like shit when i first got clean in uh 09 i had two jobs i was going to college you know on the surface i probably looked like i was doing all right had my kids every weekend i was fucking miserable you know what i mean i'd go home and just do anything to not feel myself or hear my own thoughts like go to work just i'd exist you know what i mean i was existing that was all i was doing so, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have looked at me and said, damn, he is like super down and depressed, but fuck on the inside. I'm like, dude, this, I just don't want to be me. I'm in a shell. Like it sucked. So, but anyway, back to the other point, like, I, I feel like I've heard little nuggets in songs, commercials, movies. If I'm open-minded to hearing it, and I'm honest with myself and others about where I'm at and I'm willing to do what it takes to get what I want. As long as I'm not around negative influences and I'm trying to find some higher vibes, I mean, it's gotta be possible, right? You know, we certainly don't have a monopoly on spiritual awakenings and that can be applied anywhere. It takes what it takes, man. And <clears throat> like, you know, I think I'd rather save myself the brain energy or whatever we want to call it. Um, rather than trying to figure out how it works for others. I think I'm just going to stay okay with knowing how it works for me today. Right. And also in the same breath, acknowledging the fact that I know it works for me because I don't know everything. <laughs> and, I, and, and what what that means is that I stay open minded to the fact that I don't know everything and I'm OK with that. You know. I, today, I can make a choice where I invest my mental energy and that's incredible for somebody like me because i never had that choice so it's okay to be focused 
You know, it's okay. It's okay to find what works and stay there because it works, <laughs> right? I mean, like, I, I, it, I can still, I can be okay with the fact that there are people improving their lives all over the place through all kinds of different methods. It's awesome, right? There are not, there are not monopolies on spiritual awakenings anywhere, man. You know, what you said, Stephen, about finding a framework of spiritual principles through a specific avenue that I can relate to that avenue because that's the same avenue that I've found, man. You know, right. thank God for that. You know, thank God for that. That's for me, you know, and man, like, Sure, I can, I can, I can accept that. If someone else goes some other direction and finds a way to become honest, open-minded, and willing, and finds a way to have compassion for somebody else, and finds a way to develop some trust, and finds a way, to, all those things that, yeah, their life probably going to change for the better, <laughs> maybe, you know, and that's their path, and and uh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think as um, kind of like the to extend on what you're saying like there's there's so many levels so like someone can simply just become abstinent and nothing more their life will improve you know what i mean maybe they still don't become vulnerable maybe they don't develop the best trust maybe they don't find a higher power their their life still gets better you know what i mean but then they don't know what they're limiting themselves to you know something like the program we're a part of you know um it, it, we see more evidence of there's more there's when I came to NA, I just thought it'd be clean. I was like, I just want to be clean and I just want to be decent. You know what I mean? Like I didn't expect any type of spiritual awakening. I didn't expect to find my definition of a higher power that I truly buy into and stay bought into. I didn't expect to get control of my anger. Like I mean, I probably had the false expectations, like life's all good from here. Why are bad things still happening? Like, why do days still suck? Why do people still suck? But that got kicked early on. But yeah, like, so it's hard for us, I think, in multiple reasons to, to think of another way. And I don't want to speak for you, but like, this is where I go, is that when I try to think of there's another way, that little addict brain in me is like, so I can use, you know what I mean? Or, you know, like with NA, you know, at first I'm like, I'm all into NA. I come to terms with why I don't want to experiment with alcohol. But then I just, my my addict brain comes back every now and then. And it's like, man, if you weren't in NA, you could guilt-free drink sometimes because you never had a problem with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Never, ever. I drink once every six months, man. It'd be cool to knock one back every now and then. Just get a little buzz. Don't drink, don't drive, you know, shit like that. And, um, yeah, like, so I don't know why I got there, but like, it's hard to to see another way because this is the way that works. And it's scary to think, what if I don't hold this way sacred? And it's hard to see the next person and not want them to go this way because you know, this way works for you, Mm. you know? And that's why it's hard being a recovery coach sometimes because we are trained that there is multiple pathways. So pushing one on someone doesn't, isn't effective, you know what I mean? And 
But at the same time, I see how these multiple pathways and these harm reductions, they do improve quality of life, but they cap you. Like you were saying, you don't want to be capped. They cap you. You, I, I see a lot of people who get capped bad. And I see a lot of people who slip back in old behaviors because they don't develop the honesty. They don't develop the willingness, the open-mindedness. They don't develop the trust. They don't work on their issues. They don't even know what core beliefs are, let alone that they're fucking run by them. You know, and, and like, yeah, luckily we do have something that gives those things to us. You know, that, that mm-hmm. gives us a place to earn them, I'll say. Um, as far as like people like that guy, yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard stories of people who just decided to put it down one day and just did. Maybe they weren't addicts, you know what I mean? Maybe they, they didn't have the spiritual disease we have where, you know, we are spiritually void. Some people just fucking did too much, maybe. I don't know. It's hard for me to even fathom that because in my mind, if you even drink every Friday night, you're a fucking addict. Like, no. Um, But I have to see things the way I see them because also in my line of work, seeing people with their viewpoints, if I'm not careful, I don't, the addict in me tries to think that way. Ah, Maybe marijuana is okay. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm being too rigid. Like uh, someone used to tell me who's, not doing well with their personal growth. Why am I thinking their words have so much validity right now when I have all the evidence to say, if that's how you want to be, go be that way and take what you see as their progress. The addict in me, man, that thing wants to fucking make anything fit that doesn't fit, you know? But, um, yeah, that was my little rant. (laughs) I'm really, really grateful that uh, that the solution that I know today um, does not give out graduation caps, you know, doesn't say, okay, you're there. <laughs> Congratulations, you've graduated from our recovery program. You're good. You've developed recovery antibodies you can go use successfully now. I'm officially immune to the disease of addiction based on my actions up to this point. I can't say clean off yesterday's shower. That's one of those fucking things that people say that I use <laughs> yeah. and that I love now because it's real. Like it's real to me now. You know, I am now in touch with the fact that I really can't, you know. Um if I were to stop doing what I am doing today, it probably wouldn't take 24 hours for me to go back out. Like I make a choice today to stay engaged in the, in the solution in order to avoid getting to that point where I'm thinking about getting high because when Wes thinks about getting high, Wes gets high <laughs> straight up. Mm. <laughs> there ain't no- stopping it at that point right so the awareness that of that has keep keeps me in a state where i am not willing to stay to to stay any closer to the disease than at least three steps ahead of it Mm -hmm. so 
brain starts tripping and my disease starts talking to me and I start thinking about acting out on a defect. Maybe I'll go get some pussy tonight. Fuck it. Right? Fuck it. Right? Random. You know? Maybe mm-hmm. I'll maybe I'll keep that change that that person just gave me unknowingly that's fucking 40 times more than they should have given it. Or, you know, maybe I'll go over to my sponsor's house and sit down and not tell him what's going through my head today. Or, you know, those are the things. Those are the choices that I make today to keep me from getting to a point where I'm choosing whether or not to go get fucked up. Oh, yeah. I get there. I'm done. It's over. <laughs> I am back out there at that point. You know, a, a lot of different. I, I, well, I can't speak on a lot of things. Other, I, I have experience in two different worlds of how do I recover as a drug addict. One is through Narcotics Anonymous. The other is through an inpatient treatment program with group therapy. Right, and and. Both of those, both of those places communicate to me that relapse starts far ahead of when I actually make a decision to call the dope man, right? And so I can get with that, you know, um, because it makes sense to me today. Because I feel better when I stay those when I stay further away from the disease I feel better about my my day when I get deeper into the disease closer closer to relapse I feel fucking bad today you know and I want to mm-hmm. do something about it so I continue to stay in that state of self analysis that we call the 10th step which is inventory every single day man you know and that's what saves me on a regular basis, man. Like I don't today. I'm if something don't feel right, I think back through my day. You know, before I go to sleep today, if I lay down and my head's spinning on some shit, I I try I try my best to the best of my ability to go back, back through my shit and try to figure out because sometimes it's that hard. It's not that obvious. Like sometimes I'll have a verbal altercation with somebody or somebody, you know, I'll. I'll get a pick up some ownership of somebody else's shit or whatever, and it becomes very clear to me. I just stop for a second and I say, "What the fuck is going on?" Like it, it becomes real clear to me, real quick, what my problem is from that specific twenty-four hour period. Right? Other times, it takes some. It takes some real fucking calm the mind and let it come to. Right? You know? I mean, there. There's, but you know what? Like same process works for all of it. And it's literally, I feel shitty. Why do I feel shitty? I'm not just going to fly off because I feel shitty anymore because I don't want to. Right. So what do I do? Mm-hmm. I do what I'm trying to do. You know, it works. So. Yeah, man. Like, I don't even know how the hell I got talking about how I go to bed at night. It works. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'll sit up for three hours and play Madden uh, 2022. And uh, 
that work too. And yeah. not answer your group texts. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Straight up, man. Christian McCaffrey down the sideline. That shit was fucking awesome. It's a cool game, dude. I swear. I'm spending too much money on video games. I can acknowledge that right now for sure. It's the first time I've had a gaming system since I was in college and, and uh I've bought like you know, it's a communal kind of thing, man. We got this thing in this house. Not not common, you know, um, clearly. Uh, and I'm doing okay these days. Thank God due to this program, I'm, I'm able to breathe a little easier than I was through the first three to four months of my path into the solution, you know? And, boy, I like buying video games. And tennis shoes and stupid yeah. shit. You know? Hell yeah. Like, fuck. Uh, you know, disease, it'll get you there too. It gets me there, that's for sure. And it's, an, it's nice being able to spend money on shit that you wake up and is still there tomorrow. Right. And you can use it again. I'm not thinking about, yeah, I'm not thinking about pawning that PS5 tomorrow for another eight ball. Yeah. You know? Whatever. Two eight yeah, balls man. or whatever. As much as I can possibly get. <laughs> I remember going to a pawn shop with a bunch of random power tools <laughs> being like you know that's all i get i can only get this much dope for this much shit what the fuck it was gone in like two hours three hours i remember right that. come to believe or i guess at that point it's more about coming to the point of surrendering to the solution and identifying the unmanageability I remember one time I uh, scrapped my car for metal. It wasn't the best car, um, but like I was, I was down. I was out. I, I didn't have. I scrapped this car. I had probably paid like I don't know a, a grand for it. I think I scrapped yeah. it for like two or three hundred bucks because that's what <laughs> I could get down in Florida because I didn't have gas to get around and I didn't have money for fake weed when I was smoking the spice. And literally on this car. Get the $200, bought some cigarettes, bought some spice. I probably got high for a week or two. And then I'm like, now what? Now I don't even have a fucking car. Horrible decision. But there was no decision. I thought, I thought that decision all the way out. And the best decision I came up with was, yes, this is a great idea. Yeah, hell yeah. It was done. It was already done before it was done. You know? It was not an option. I needed that it, not getting my drugs was not an option. Hell no. I can relate Ugh. to that slavery. That, I can relate to that slavery right there, man. Yeah. Mm. That's what it was. That was exactly what it was. And God. How awesome is it to be out of that? It's fucking amazing. We can start there, right? Like for today, I can start right there. Yeah, whatever, whatever problems I got today and shit compared to that. I am already on top of it if I start there every day with a little bit of gratitude. I don't have to wake up and fucking pick up all the blood on the bathroom floor from the night before. You know? Or I don't have to spend my first 
hour of consciousness soaking in a bathtub trying to cool my shit down, you know? Right. I remember I had a, I had a trip when I, the last, uh, the last, like, big boy job that I had before uh, getting clean, which ended about six months before I got clean, I had a, I had a trip that I had to fly to Las Vegas. And my flight left at seven something a.m. And I had done, I'd been up for fucking two days, you know? And, and, uh, I was, I remember, I remember at like four in the morning that night before that flight left, being in such bad shape, you know, and just being like, well, I, I don't know what else to do other than to run my bathtub full of ice cold water and lay in it because I'm fucking literally like cooking it like 102, you know, and I'll tell you what, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so I lay in my bathtub for like an hour, put on some, tried to calm myself down, literally put on music, all that shit. And then I got up and I fucking went to Las Vegas and I got there and checked into the conference and I have more dope within a period of about an hour of being there. Yeah. Mm. About fucking insanity, you know? And then I tried to go conduct business meetings. <laughs> How'd that go? Right? Like what what got done there? Not shit. Mm. <laughs> so that's crazy. I could start with just freedom from that insanity associated yes. with using it. Using every seven every sec every single day using and the the fucking process of being stuck in the ways and means to get the next one, you know, fuck that. Hell yeah. Eric, I did see you unmute unmute a minute ago. Did you, did you just, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, that, I don't miss any of that shit. And I was just thinking about, some of the stuff I've done and man, it's so crazy. It's hard for me to think about, at least now it is, it's hard for me to think that that's like, that those are the things I would do. And it's super hard to think that, that, um, I don't know. It's, it's crazy to think that now with how life is like, with the minor problems that we, that everybody goes through in the day-to-day life, like, our heads literally try to tell us that that our problems are catastrophic and the using's the only way to escape them. And it's just crazy because it's like hearing you guys talk about some of the things that you've done in addiction and like thinking about what I've done in addiction, like those were catastrophic. Like and it, was, it was our choice to do those things. And like nowadays it's like flat tire. And then our head wants to tell us, like, oh, your tire's flat. Like, just say fuck it, man. And I don't know. It's so crazy to, like, just thinking about that, like, how dysfunctional that thought process can be. I'm telling you, man. Ain't nothing like the gift of desperation. And I can lose it. Like, I can lose it. 
and I have to manually remind myself just how bad shit got. You know, to your point, Eric, it's sometimes very hard, very, very hard for me, even where I'm at, to look back seven and a half months and say, you know what? I was just about to fucking put a bullet through my head with a Glock. You know, like if things are feel good today, you know, that's a pretty good 24 hours, you know. Real easy for me to lose touch with why I'm here. You know, and and I talk about this with, with my sponsor. And my sponsor's suggestion for me is to read "Why Are We Here?" at every meeting. I get the opportunity to read right now because it keeps me in tune with why I am here. You know, and so I manually have to remind myself when I'm engaged in a con a conversation that is the solution to the disease of addiction, which is exactly what this is right now. It's Never a bad idea for me, for me to go, go back there a little bit, you know, keeps me, keeps me desperate, keeps me in tune with why I'm here. And it also reminds me just how bad it could get. And also I'm not dead. I lived, right? That motherfucker will take my life, you know? This is about life and death. At the end of the day, I'm not about creating problems for myself that don't exist today, right? That's for sure. Hell yeah. But, yeah, and I like the but, whole choice thing too, like the choice conversation. You know, I feel like to a non-addict or, you know, some some people, it's like, the whole choice conversation almost seems like, uh, you know, relief from guilt. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I don't have a choice. I'm an addict. I just do these things. You know, it's like, no. But we do have to understand also, at least I, I understand that when it, it's one of those paradoxes too, like everything is in recovery. But like, I, I don't I don't beat myself up from what I've done in the past because I do understand that in that frame of mind, there is no choice. Like I have to, I have to make these choices. I, the feelings and thoughts I have in factoring these choices are so diluted with self-serving, just trying to feel okay. I feel like dog shit. I, I just, it's, it's not, it doesn't seem like much of a choice. You know what I mean? And, and I, I've let go of so much of my shame and guilt from the past because I understand now that I wasn't me. I wasn't, I wasn't running on all cylinders type shit. You know what I mean? And that doesn't mean I, I don't own it because the first time I got sober, it was like, well, that was high me. High me is not me. That was some dude. I was, you know, he took over my body. I'm me. I'm back. Forgive mm. me. Hey, you know what I mean? And it's like, no, nah, bro. So it's like, I, I, I own a huge part in getting to the place where I make poor decisions. You know what I mean? But I don't beat myself up as if I made those decisions with my rational brain today. You know what I mean? However, as we're told a lot in our program, like I am responsible for keeping myself yeah. in shape and not getting to the place where I then start to make those unconscious decisions again. You know what I mean? Like we are, we are responsible for our recovery. We are not responsible for our disease. 
it's right written in that book that makes a whole lot of sense every time i read it you know it's anonymous basic text hell yeah and and, uh, and i feel you on those readings man i love like at first you know i get to know the readings it's like yeah cool whatever but man i'm telling you the last like two years you know i just feel them not every time but when i read like why are we here or who is an addict to a newcomer i feel chills sometimes because i'm just i'm reading it very presently and i'm feeling it and i'm like in the frame of mind like you know seeing that newcomer come in who who doesn't get it yet or who's just really wanting to get it it puts me back to that because man we get spoiled like there's a reading in the back of the book where it's like, oh, we drove like 50 miles or 100 miles or whatever it is in some foreign country to get to the only NA meeting that was in like the region, you know, mm-hmm. and because they wanted it that bad. You know what I mean? And when I hear shit like that, I'm like, man, sometimes I don't even want to log on my Zoom because I've just had a long day at work or some days I didn't want to drive to the church because eh, it's dinner time or I just don't feel like it. You know what I mean? And, and then hearing a reading like that or seeing that fresh recovery, you know, energy come in someone who really wants to get it because they are fucking stuck, you know, is like so refreshing and humbling to be like, hell yeah. Because yeah, I get entitled and I get like, not, not entitled, but kind of, I forget. You know what I mean? I'm good today, so I don't need to to work out. You know, I don't need to work my muscles because the disease hasn't poked his head where I can see. And, you know, it's those moments and those readings and those people that were there for that that really solidify why I'm here. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm just here for me, you know, a lot of people, they go to meetings when they need a meeting, and that's it. So, I, I analyze that and that's not to judge them, but like, that's to say, okay, I'm, I'm using, I use everybody as a, as a learning point. You know what I mean? Call it judgment. It is. We all judge each other and we should, you know what I mean? I've made that point before, but like when I see someone who goes to a meeting solely for themselves, they go when they need to go, they take what they need to get and they really aren't there for any other purpose. Mm-hmm. Still have that self-seeking, self-serving vibe to them you know what i mean so they're not going to come to a meeting until they feel triggered one day until they're on the verge of relapse or until they do relapse you know what i mean they're not coming to help the next addict they're not learning that um those other principles that we show up to be there for the next person to keep what we have by giving it away so they they come take and then they use it till they run out and then they come back to take more you know but they don't realize that if they continue to show up and they see that fucking person who came in last week when you didn't show up right before you relapsed, fresh off a relapse, which would vividly remind you of your relapse last time, mm. then they might be like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, damn. So then two days after that, they'd be like, oh, shit, man, I want to relapse. But man, remember homie the other day? I remember that shit. Gave him a little nugget of hope kept a little bit you know what i mean because yeah you know what i'm trying to say like i I don't know why i went to that but it's uh just one of those things man like we got to stay on top of this shit and whatever works for you man keep working it like i can't get what i what i need in a a meeting without without giving it away 
Like, you know, like I, I don't, uh, the solution for me is so bound in, I mean, first of all, yeah, sure. Of course I show up for me today. I'm real grateful for that because I've been for a long time, you know, showed up, showed up with motives and, you know, trying to look good for other people, stuff like that, that, that I care about, um, you know, trying to save my face and not my ass for a long time. And like, you know, I, and again, again, this is getting back into that danger zone of trying to figure out how it works for somebody else, <laughs> you know, that does, where it doesn't work like it does for me. But I, I have a hard time conceptualizing how I could actually get what I need without coming to the table with that primary purpose, man. You know, the primary purpose, fifth tradition carry them you know carry the message yep. right and and that that right there man is when i began to feel the real like uh it was not through it was through being becoming coming to a point where i'm able to acknowledge some experience in the in this illusion you know, and being okay with the fact that I'm getting, I'm okay today, right? And and then channeling that from that comforting feeling of I'm this working to I want to get, I want to help somebody else with this. You know, like right. And when that when that willingness shows up, being ready to carry the message um, is. That's how I get what, that's how I get what I need, man. That's how it works for me. And, I, and that's, that's how it works for everybody, man. When I, when I go to a meeting, when I need a meeting, it's a great feeling, right? When I'm, when I'm hurting, when I'm triggered, when I just, I need a meeting for me, if it's, it mm -hmm. feels great when I'm at a meeting and I give something to someone and I know it's delivered, like it's a fucking great feeling. Like, I can never, I've gone to some meetings for me and, and left feeling okay. You know, like neutralized. I've gone to some meetings and had the light bulb moments and I've gone to some meetings and got everything I needed and felt amazing. But like when I go, even if I'm feeling like shit, but I have an attitude to give and a genuine like feeling of like, I want to help you, man, I cannot leave that meeting feeling any type of way about myself you know what i mean i don't take none of my shit with me it's just the most humbling spiritual experience like and i'm so lucky to get to experience that you know almost daily as a fucking way to live you know like like uh i don't know i can't even think of the term right now i'm fucking burnt but like what the fuck is <laughs> a way to make a living i don't know yeah um yeah like i just can tell those conversations and they don't all happen like that because not everybody's ready not everybody's there looking for it you know what i mean but i'm willing to give it and sometimes i get in my own way i my efficacy of a coach or a therapist kicks in and i need to figure out how to say the right thing to be good at what i do and you know that's my shit that i gotta work on and then when someone just comes into my office and sits down and there's no roles being played and they're genuinely open-minded and they're, they're open to receive. And I just give them what 
my true experience is rather than what should I say or how should I say it? You know what I mean? How, how do I say it delicately to respect your multiple pathway view? If I just go spit some real shit, throw it out there, it fucking lands, man. And, and it's just the best feeling. Like I just can't express enough how much just giving is, is the best form of receiving in this game that we play. There's nothing quite like that real, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Real. When I talk from real experience and the mask is off and, you know, <clears throat> to your point, there's no roles being played. There's no ulterior motives. There's only showing up to stay in the solution, right? And what that means is is, is staying in the real and sharing my experience with the possibility that somebody else might have some use of it. Yeah. It works. It's fire. And that's what I'm here for. That's, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. You know? That's why I keep going. That's how we, that's how we get the opportunity to take another 24.